Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on and so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners, can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink. Ready? Yeah. <clears throat> um, Guess who's back? Back again. We are. Hey guys, so we're excited to announce that we uh, partnered with this awesome company called Songfinch. And uh, they helped us make a Mother's Day gift for our mothers. Linda and Renata, as they're famously known. What Songfinch does is they take your memories and create personal songs. You just send in your info, what you want included in the song, and they will write you something really awesome. Um, Ours came out really great. So good. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, They actually have... Like professional um, singer songwriters that they give you know the information to, and then they write you a personalized song. So it makes an awesome gift. Um, you can do anything for, for example, a wedding gift or an anniversary gift. Um, and I love you gift. And I'm, I love you gift. I'm tired gift. Leave me the fuck alone gift. Thanks. Whatever you want. Thanks for the wine gift. <laughs> anything that pertains to you. But uh, I can tell you that we just listened to the song for the first time and it blew our minds. It blew our goddamn minds. It was so good. So I'm telling you, if you want to give this to anyone or write yourself a song, I don't know what you're into. <laughs> we don't judge. We don't judge. <laughs> but if you want a custom-made song, Songfinch is the place to go. And they actually uh, provide us with a promo code for all our lovely listeners. Ooh. I know. So if you guys want to go on there and um, buy a gift for someone you love or care about or yourself, the promo code is WHYWEDRINK, all mm-hmm. caps, um, and we highly recommend it. Cannot speak more highly of this pr- service. I'm going to write them a song right now. Yeah. You ready? <laughs> Thank you. The end. Hopefully they hear it. Maybe they shouldn't. They've probably already turned this off. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Songfinch. Why we drink? Songfinch.com. Check it out. It's amazing. We're just dying a million deaths over here and cannot wait for our mothers to hear this. So what we're going to do is we're going to play for you guys the song that we recorded for our parents. Mm-hmm. Um, the first verse is for my mother. The second verse is for Christine's mom. Some of the stuff that is written in it, you may not understand because there are some inside jokes but it's still worth hearing it's so good but we're going to play for you and for our lovely moms for mother's day surprise our song and gift to them and go winding milkshakes hurricanes and traffic rays crazy happy days wish we weren't so far away 
Friendship like fine wine gets better over time. You're better than wine, and by that I mean sometimes. 'Cause nothing's really better than wine. Twenty-two cats we released in the wild. Now there's twenty-two times that amount. Maybe twenty-two kids who got cat scratch fever. Almost twenty-two years by now. We eat twenty-two pints of ice cream between us, and it would only take twenty-two days. And I've got twenty-two hundred reasons to thank you. So great, wine and milkshakes, hurricanes and traffic rays, crazy happy days. Wish we weren't so far away. Friendship like fine wine gets better over time. You're better than wine. By that I mean sometimes, 'cause nothing's really better. Wine, raising two kids and working till evening while earning her PhD. Blasting pink on repeat on road trips. She does nothing haphazardly. She's a mighty comma. Kicked cancer's eyes. She fends off robbers with brooms. And no one on earth could ever be as crazy and loving as you. Wine and milkshakes, hurricanes and traffic rays, crazy happy dates. Wish we were so far away. Friendship like fine wine gets better over time. You're better than wine. By that I mean sometimes, 'cause nothing's really better. That for you, I, it is. <laughs> it is heavenly. That was the greatest thing. It gets better every time you hear it, and it really it was so professional. Ugh, I just love it. I thought it was really good, and my own mother probably doesn't remember the reference to hurricanes, so I'm just gonna let everyone know our dirty laundry. One time, my mom for Mother's Day wanted to go paddleboarding, <laughs> and we got stuck in a hurricane in the water, <laughs> and. Uh, It was not fun because neither of us knew what we were doing, and we had to try to wade back to shore. But the one person who went out with us ended up running back to get the car so that we could drive away from the hurricane. But until he came back, we just stood outside with paddle boards <gasps> that weren't ours, watching a hurricane come. And that's like one of my favorite memories of oh, my mom. Man. So yeah, that's the, why there was the word hurricane. In the in same my... line, it says, um, 
traffic raves, which mm-hmm. is because my mom used to park the convertible when there was traffic, and it had, like, <laughs> she would have the, the roof down, and she would blast, like, techno, like, Tiesto, um, <laughs> and would, like, roll her shirt up and, like, dance, and she's like, Perfect. oh, I can dance, and we were just mortified, and the first time I ever met one of my best friends, uh, parents, we drove over to her house to pick her up, and my mom just parked her car and started, like, dancing in the street, and her parents were like oh no that's your new friend <laughs> um and that was like her weird calling card that she used to do when we were younger just to mortify us probably but wonderful yeah anyway thank you again song finch for that that was a dream come true really fun so much fun <sighs> now back to all the somberness of this podcast <laughs> <laughs> now that we got the happy stuff out of the way um all right how do we usually start this thing what are you drinking <laughs> First of all, we never start it with you asking me what I'm drinking because <laughs> you never ask. Um, I'm drinking a Frappuccino from Starbucks. Oh, fancy. What um, are you drinking? I'm drinking... It better not... You better not say water. Oh, hell no. Do you know me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't drink water. Do you drink ice in your wine? Uh, no, it's uh, um, a vodka tonic. Is it really? Mm-hmm. You didn't see me make that in front of you? No, I really thought you were drinking water. I've been waiting for you to comment on my how I poured vodka into my glass because we, she and I were having a conversation. We were getting kind of amped. Yeah. And so my just instinct was to reach for <laughs> vodka, which I never drink. Fuck the wine. Let's go straight in. I don't usually drink liquor, but it was just one of those nights. So you guys I really are... thought this whole time you were drinking water, mm-hmm. and I was wondering when you were going to get a wine glass out for us to record. Oh, no. Oh, and I was no. like, are you really going to go into this with water? You guys are in for a treat, let me tell you. I'm drinking today because I got the bad news from Christine today that I am not in Geo's will. <laughs> I was pissed. It was really hard to break that news too, but I assumed I asked her, I was like, if you die, if Blaze dies, and if your brother dies, I get him, right? And she said, No, there's other people ahead I, of you. Excuse me, I tried to evade the topic for a while and you kept pressuring me to answer. I needed you to not beat around the bush about something that serious. I mean, I told her that uh my dog would go to my twelve year old sister because she it, doesn't know mom. what to do with a dog. I'll take care of him. Okay, Em. And now Em has this, like, vendetta against my 12-year-old sister, which is, <laughs> like, slightly alarming to me, and I don't know how I feel. No, it's not. I had a dream that... Oh, God. <laughs> I haven't even met your sister. But this I... is why I drink. <laughs> Point two. I had a dream... I don't even want to say it because your mother will stop bringing me cloud noses. <laughs> but <laughs> I had a dream that I maybe murdered her family including the sister that i've never met and i don't know why i don't even know what she looked like in the dream because i've i don't think i've ever actually seen a close-up picture of her i think it was just a random person well, she's a precious angel so i think i just heard a random person and just put it with i just decided that was your sister oh I, good see and, it doesn't make it better and now i told her that uh my sister gets geo before her and now i know why she had this dream and <laughs> I'm going to have to put my sister in a safe house somewhere in the mountains of Austria. I have nothing against your sister. <sighs> Yet. Until all of a sudden she has Gio and I don't. I better not die in a plane crash. <laughs> all right. Um, I have facts. Oh, you do? I always do. Tell me. The most expensive wine in the world is uh, called the Penfolds Ampoule mm. from 2004. It's a cab, your fave. My fave. Uh, and there's only 12 in existence, and they each cost 168 grand. Holy crap! Yeah. Why? I don't know. I, I thought it was going to be like an old wine that's been like... My goal is to read you the fact, not well, the history. No, but I'm just... Because a lot of times, 
expensive wines are 100 years old. Well, that's what I thought, I, but it's from 2004. I wonder why. Okay. Maybe it's got gold in it. <laughs> Maybe it must be. <laughs> okay. Milkshakes got their name from being served in bars uh, because originally they had whiskey in them, remember? Right, right. If the customer enjoyed the milkshake, he would shake hands with the bartender. I always thought it's because they shook it before there was a blender. Are we sure that that's real? Yeah. Wow. We're Okay. I... I did not believe it because I was like, wouldn't they? Wouldn't it come from being shaken like around, blended, or something? Four different websites I looked at had this fact. Really? So I was like, okay. They were I'm like, still skeptical. They were like, "Good milkshake, sir," and then gave him <laughs> maybe a handshake? other people were as desperate for milkshake facts as I was, and they just made that shit up. They were, right? That sounds like something I would make up, <laughs> that right? That doesn't even make sense. Anyway, there's your fun, maybe wrong fact. I love it. Who cares? It's fun. Anyway. All right. Well, I am ready to get into some creepiness. I'm really nervous to tell you this one because um, I worked really hard on this research. Okay. That's all. I just like I worked really hard. Oh, so you're invested. So it's like a big deal. Can I make a request that I? Oh, wow. Sure. I can't say no on the air, can I? That I get a glass of wine before we begin. Oh, a thousand percent. Okay. You got all (laughs) sassy with me. Sassy the clown. (laughs) Your clown is showing. I'm sorry, that was rude. That was so mean. I always have the Geo one, but I'm like, never. I know. Sometimes I get desperate and I'm like, do I want to walk <laughs> all the way to Albertsons? And then I'm like, I can't open that. So, In case anyone doesn't know what Christine's talking about, I made her a Geo wine label and put it on a wine bottle for her for Geo's birthday. So it wasn't really for her, it was for Geo, but it was for mommy too. You don't understand how. It's my prized possession, and I had this dream that there was an earthquake, so I promptly removed it from my wine rack and put it, like, in a safe location. <laughs> because... Wait, can you give it to me? I'll read them the back label. Yeah. Doggone it. It's your birthday. Thanks for throwing me a bone and letting me celebrate with you. <laughs> I hope you know that you're possum. Oh, my God. I shits you not. Ah, that's my favorite one. Have a howling good time. I'll always rough you. I sometimes will just read the back of that <laughs> wine bottle. Anyway, this is my pride. Literally, when I got <laughs> renter's insurance, I, I asked Blaze how much, like, it would be worth. Shut up. No, you didn't. Sorry. So I got my wine, finished my vodka tonic. <laughs> Time to go. Let's roll. Okay. This is, like, a super popular one that I think only maybe one person has said something, but it's, like, in a blur of all the tweets we get, so... I think someone mentioned this, but I already planned on doing it a while ago, but I wanted to save it because this is our 13th episode, and so <gasps> Unlucky 13, I True. wanted to do something super special. Um, so this is one of my favorite stories, but I actually didn't really know the whole thing, and you probably know about it because it's right next to Cincinnati. Oh. It's the Bobby Mackey's Music World. I don't know what the hell that is. Really? Nothing. Oh, that's like it's like a big haunted, it's actually like number one haunted nightclub. What? And it's, oh, it sounds familiar now that you say nightclub, but I don't know anything. It's like a, it's like a, like a piano bar kind is of thing. Is it in Cincinnati? It's in Kentucky. It's one of America's most haunted places. Interesting. Yes. Okay, so it starts in 1850. There was a slaughterhouse and a meatpacking warehouse that got built on the site that's now Bobby Mackey's, um, which had a basement with a well in it. And this well is very important. Get familiar with this well. I'm. It's in your head. Okay. I'm absorbing the well. Good. So in this basement of the slaughterhouse was a well, and uh, it was used to catch, like, all the waste from slaughtered animals, like blood and guts and... Beautiful. Yummy. Mm. Um, So this well would become known as the portal to hell, Uh which... (laughs) 
I'll get into later. <laughs> I don't want to be dramatic, so. Right. No, um, not at all. So, 40 years uh, later, in the 1890s, a satanic cult started, like, taking place in the area. Oh, okay. You know, as they do. Just why not? Um, so, activity started taking place in the building, because after it being a slaughterhouse, it, um, it, like, there was talk of it possibly also having a cult activity while it was a slaughterhouse, or when it was oh. already losing business. But definitely by the 1890s, um, a bunch of people of all the occult knew that it was vacant and there was that well and already like blood and guts of animals was going there. So they used it as a sacrificial area. Uh. Um, so ritualistic slaughters were performed in the same well, mostly animals, although it's strongly, strongly suggested that human sacrifices were also done oh, there. Oh, no. And the humans that they used were... I'm going to say the non-PC version because I'm going off of the research. M mentally handicapped children. <gasps> because they, one, would not be missed, and two, they were being sent back to the devil. It's really fucked up. I'm about to cry. That's really sad. I know. It's really fucked up. Oh, not a good start. In 1896, there was one girl who will become a very prominent ghost in, in this story's future. There was a 22-year-old girl named Pearl Bryan from a small town in Indiana. And she was, I guess, wealthy and super popular and everyone knew her. And it was a small town, so I guess you knew everyone. But um, she ended up being murdered and was in the headlines in this area. So she was super popular. Everyone knew of her. But I guess her little secret was that she was pregnant uh, with her boyfriend named Scott Jackson. Oh, no. Uh, Scott, his little secret was that he was part of the occult. And, oh, um, God, Scott. Okay, so Scott and his roommate were both part of the satanic cult in the area, and unbeknownst to Pearl, because she was pregnant, um, they wanted the fetus as a sacrifice. What? So, it was... What the fuck? I know. I know. Um, so basically they... They urged her to go to Cincinnati to get an abortion because he lived in Ohio. And um, they urged her to get an abortion. They ended up sedating her with like 14 grams of cocaine or some <gasps> shit like that. And then they, Scott and his roommate were uh, students at the dental school. And so they were like, we can just do the abortion no. ourselves because they have a totally grand scope of the anatomy when they're working on people's fucking yeah, mouths. Of the vagina and right, the yeah. cervix. I'm sure they right. totally understand. And so uh, they operated on her using dental tools and cocaine. I cannot. So she ended up freaking out and being like, I don't want to do this. And in the middle Wait, of her... she was awake? Oh, Yeah. You said they, she said they sedated they her. They tried to sedate her, but they didn't knock her out. Oh, so she was... Oh, no. Oh, no. You and know so, this is my biggest fear. Okay. So she started freaking out and trying to get away, and in the middle of her struggling and them still performing it on her, they killed the baby <gasps> while... And she... Remember, she's five months pregnant. Like, this isn't, like, like the like time. Like a full term. And so um, it was a five-month-old baby. They ended up killing the fetus and so they couldn't use it as a sacrifice so they had, like cut into her <clears throat> yeah with dental tools with dental tools i know geo how did she get into that position where did they tell her they were going to perform the abortion on her or did they they i okay i that i don't know oh okay but all i know is 
they gave her like a sarsaparilla drink mixed with cocaine to sedate her and then um and then that's and then they started performing she was awake and then there was a struggle they killed the baby Aww. and so either one story was that either since they got rid of the fetus they still needed a sacrifice or two to make sure that they got away with this botched abortion and they didn't want anyone right. to catch them they decided they were going to kill her what the fuck so they while alive used their dental tools uh-uh. and decapitated her no <laughs> yeah they took her head no. off no while she's awake uh-uh and um literally what is wrong with these people uh so anyway they after they decapitated her they don't know what happened to the head they don't know what guarantee on what happened to the head but her body got thrown into a field no which was a mile away from the slaughterhouse so there's stories that since they were in the occult they probably went to the slaughterhouse afterwards brought the head with them and sacrificed the head because the head was never found are they on meth like what is happening how I don't know. What is wrong with them? The only reason they got away with it was because they left Pearl's shoes on her feet. And it was such a small town that Pearl was from that the serial number on the bottom of the shoe went to a shoe company from her small town. And yeah. so the guy that ran the shoe company was like, oh, yeah, I gave them to Pearl. So, like, they knew, they knew whose shoes it was. And that's the only reason they got away with it when people found the body. They realized it was Pearl. And they're like, where's the head? And both Wait, of- how did that make them get away with it? No, they didn't get away with it. Oh, oh They okay. would have had they taken her shoes off oh, so the only way they didn't get away like right. the only way they got the thing caught. that caught them was oh. the shoes and uh to to their last day they swore that they never killed her um and oh okay yeah <laughs> whatever like but there were autopsy reports that said like it was such a clean cut it had to be surgically removed like her head her head and because i guess the way the blood splatter was it was that's how they knew that she was alive and then, like, they kind of piece it all together based on, like, the body of, like, the abortion happened first. There was definitely a struggle based on, like, Mm-mm. handprints and shit like that. And the way that the head was cut off, like, I don't know, I don't know anything about anything with this stuff, but the autopsy report was able to confirm that she was alive when the head was, when her head was getting cut off of her. Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I know. I know. So, uh... It said that her head was used as a ritual sacrifice in place of the baby. Both, by the way, that was his fucking baby. His child! Oh, oh my god. You must really love the devil. So both men were sent to the gallows to be hanged, but before their executions, they vowed to haunt the area forever. So that's, oh, those guys are like, oh, we're gonna get... like We're gonna get the land back. Fuck you! So the trial was the last public hanging in Campbell County. Oh. Fun fact. Shit. And after the trial, the slaughterhouse fell silent and remained empty for a while. Um, so today, the basement of Bobby Mackey's is the only place that was like the, an original part of the original building that existed. Oh. So the basement still exists where maybe her head was thrown into the well. And, um, you know, anything else that ever fell down there in, Does during the, well the satanical. just go into the water? funny you ask because i intentionally researched this in case you asked i just i'm trying to think where her so, head goes like <laughs> okay so the the well it's like a in the cement hole right and um like in the ground it's like a hole there's no like giant well sure. with a bucket um and there's a lot of arguments about it actually being called a well because technically it was a drain that led out to the licking river mm. 
so that all the like, the blood and guts from the slaughterhouse would drain out into this water, which is so great to hear about in yeah. our ecosystem. But I guess other people will like re what's like re argue uh, rebuttal rebuttal. Yeah, they would say um, <gasps> they would say that. Gio loves to argue. Yeah, and uh, so even though a lot of people say that it's a drain, there's like this rebuttal that it's technically a. Uh, or people say it's a well. You it's mean. The, well, no. People say it's a well, and then people oh, will oh, like oh. will argue it and say actually sure. it's a drain because it goes straight into a river instead of like being its own. Right. It's like like at least half the people in the world say it's a well. Half the people say it's a drain, but at the end, people will argue that it's a well because it's there's like a concrete bottom, like the part that used to drain out is solidified. Oh, okay. In which my mind, it's like well the. Like, is this thing that's just getting stacked with guts exactly. and blood? Is our head in there somewhere? Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what... I don't... There was so many different versions of it and so many different arguments, but some say it's a well. Some say it's actually technically a drain, but then they still call it a well. Some people have way too much time on their hands to argue these things on the internet. By the end, uh, it just was called the portal to, portal to hell. Let's just go with that. And it was also called the supernatural vortex which it's still called today. That's badass. I know. <laughs> so um, today, uh, if you're still near the well, people will hear the sound of like a deep growling. And many refuse to even be near the well for too long because they feel like something evil staring mm. at them. Eventually, on top of the site that was a slaughterhouse, there was like a roadhouse built in the 1920s. Mm-hmm. And it was turned into an inn called the Bluegrass Inn and became secretly known as a speakeasy. Uh, and also had some gambling going on in there and got so popular as a speakeasy slash gambling joint that when the prohibition ended in 1933, uh, Buck Brady officially bought the building and called it the Primrose and it was his own mom and pop casino. Oh, um, the casino caught so much attention that Cincinnati mobsters tried to take over the, I know, (laughs) There was a whole group called the Cleveland Four, and they were, like, the four main gangsters in the area that kind of controlled everyone else beneath them. And uh, one of those, like, main mobsters saw how popular the Primrose was getting, and they wanted to buy it out from Buck Brady and turn it into their own mobster-run casino so they could keep making more money. And, uh, well, originally Brady refused to sell, and then violence started escalating between him and a bunch of gangsters, and there was, like, fighting and threats to customers in the parking lot. Um, And they were saying, like, you have to go to this casino, or if you don't follow us, then, like, you're going to be in trouble. So eventually Brady sold the Primrose to the mobsters, and then he moved to Florida and committed suicide. Oh, what? So they say that somehow he might also haunt the building because he was on the property, and that was, like... Connected to it. Somehow connected to it. So they think he might also haunt it sometimes. That's so sad. So the Primrose uh, then became owned by the mobsters and was renamed to be the Latin Quarter. Quarter. Mm -hmm. Okay. It was called the Latin Quarter and was a very successful casino nightclub in the 50s. Uh, During the height of it, during the height of its success, was the, the owner's daughter's name was Joanna, and she was a dancer there. The rough general consensus is that she was the daughter of the owner, she was a dancer there, and she fell in love with a singer who performed there named Robert Randall. And they planned her on off together, but the father didn't approve. And uh, 
the owner, who was also her father, used his mob connections and had Robert killed <gasps> to keep her away from marrying That's him. That's mean. Joanna found out what happened, freaked out, and tried to poison him. The her father. Dad. Yeah. Tried to poison him. And he ended up surviving, but she didn't get to find that out because she wrote a love poem for Randall on a wall upstairs and then went to the basement next to the well, um, which was the performer's dressing room at the time, and she killed herself. Oh, my God. So she's also... Her and Pearl are now two prominent people who have died and haunt the, the residence. Oh, no. And uh, when the autopsy report happened on Joanna, they found out that she, much like Pearl, was five months pregnant. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Also, fun fact. Uh, so she fell in love with a Robert Randall and then killed herself. And Bobby Mackey's name is Robert Randall Mackey. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Bobby Mackey. His, his, the owner of what is Bobby Mackey's now, his real name is Robert Randall Mackey. Oh my God, how weird. I know. So they think that like a lot of the stuff happens, like she's one of the prominent ghost people see because like the name, like maybe it somehow like triggers her being very active because she wants to be around a Robert people Randall. people saying or, the name and stuff. Yeah, it's just a theory, but I mean, it's a cool one. It's an interesting coincidence. So by 1955, the police went to start cracking down on gambling uh, in town. And so this was one of the businesses that they really like tried to knock out. So one night they broke in and stole all of the machines and tables. What? And then had like this paperwork forcing them to like leave the premises. So they ended up shutting down this casino. Jeez. Um, they also, like, yeah, they had paperwork to evict them. And after this, the building became several businesses that didn't last. One of them for a while was called the Hard Rock Cafe, which is not affiliated with the franchise now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was frequented by a lot of violent bikers. Oh, so definitely not what it is today. Right. <laughs> and there was like through these bikers, there was a bunch of shootouts and murders on the property. So that also added to the hauntedness of this. Um, during this time, the site became known around the area as the bloody bucket because of all the bloodshed from all the several murders that had happened throughout its history. Jeez. After the hard rock was shut down because of all the violence, um, in 1977, Bobby Mackey bought the site in 78 and turned it into a nightclub piano bar. And it's been running ever since. So since 78, this guy's been around. So since Bobby Mackey's opened, the paranormal experiences have ramped up like crazy. Really? But oh, again, the skeptics and oh, just a lot of people um, relate that to the caretaker of the premises named Carl Lawson. Okay. So um, Carl also worked at the Primrose. So like he had been around. So he oh. knew more of the history than most people. He had experienced some version of hauntings before Bobby Mackey's opened. Yeah. Um, and he also, so his experiences come off of the fact that he reopened up the well oh, God. at some point, which is how Why? the name Portal of Hell came out. Because uh, during the initial setting up for the Bobby Mackey's opening, Carl went into the basement and saw an old patch in the ground and opened it up to see what it was. But my thought is if you've worked there since the fucking Primrose, you know what it is and Absolutely. don't touch it. Absolutely. So when he opened it up, he says an evil entity had been freed and possessed him. This, I feel like this is a running thing with these stories lately. Like, yeah. Oh, let's do something stupid and be surprised when something bad happens. Open a portal to hell. So, um, he, after that, he says that after he like released the spirit, um, 
there was like all these hauntings that came out that were even stronger than ever before. He said that this possession led to a botched exorcism on him in the in the bar in 1994. What is a botched? I don't know. I guess he means that like they just pissed it off and nothing actually came from it. And so the, all the stuff is still around. Just made it worse or something? I guess so. Well, he says um, that he's also spoken with Joanna and fought off a lot of evil spirits. And like since he's been possessed, he now has the like this clairvoyance power to speak to them. Okay. I feel like Carl's being a little dramatic. I feel like that, too. Um, Fucking Carl. <laughs> classic Carl. <laughs> so he says that all the spirits on the property are the strongest next to the well. And he says he really officially pissed them off when he tried to sprinkle holy water on the well. Oh. And it didn't work. Oh, no. And so ever since then, he regularly sees dark, very angry shadow men standing behind the bar, staring back at him, even when others are around and they can't see anyone there. Um, he says that he's known... He was originally known by the locals as someone who talked to himself, but later he ended up admitting that he was having conversations with Joanna Pearl and several bikers and mobsters. Oh my god! Um, after he admitted it, a bunch of like patrons from the bar also start opening up and saying, oh, I thought I saw something too. Or, oh, oh geez. So people thought he was crazy because he had all these stories saying he was possessed, and then all these people ended up being like, you're kind of onto something. Me too. <laughs> and, um, Same. And Bobby Mackey, to this day, doesn't believe in these ghosts. Like, has never really? experienced anything. But so many people have approached him that he has to believe it. It's just for some reason they won't touch him. And, like, even his wife has called out. Like, he, I guess, was at dinner one night with his wife. and was like, this is bullshit. And then his wife was like, actually, I've seen some shit there. But what I have left are a whole page of bullet points on different paranormal accounts. Oh, geez. So I'm just going to run them off. And if you want to stop me... No, just go, 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 there's baby. A, there's, there's a lot of words here. I got a box of wine and I'm... <laughs> okay, but don't forget to gasp because otherwise we don't get viewers. All right. Uh... <laughs> Listen, I know my guests... We know what they're here for. I know my guests are fueling this podcast. But... <laughs> um, all right. So I also didn't rank them in like least scary to most scary, which I should have done. So it's kind of a jumble. So sometimes I'm going to go... <gasps> And, and sometimes, sometimes you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to be like, oh, interesting. Yeah, you're going to be like, oh, that's really neat, I guess. Insert eye roll. Oh, yeah, because that's exactly <laughs> how I talk. Okay, so the first one I have is that near the well, um, there's a bunch of loud phantom footsteps that come from nowhere. Another thing is people say that they're overcome by a scent of roses, which apparently was the smell of the perfume that Joanna wore. Oh. Um, so a lot of people, especially if you don't believe then when you're by yourself, all of a sudden you'll be in a room and it'll smell like there's a hundred roses in there. Ugh. There's uh, a mirror where ghosts will be there until you turn around and then they're gone. It's like you'll see people standing behind mm -hmm. you. Uh, there's a room in the basement where evil faces will just appear on the walls. Okay, I don't like that at all. Like they'll just melt into the wall. Um, historic photos. Um, this is like, this should have been its own fact away from this list, but I added it in by accident. Please hold. Can you imagine if you just put in, like, that elevator music every time he walked in this oh. episode? It would be a whole, a whole hour of elevator music. Yeah, it'd be three hours long, this episode. Um, okay, so historic photos match witnesses' descriptions of different ghosts that they've seen. So some people have said they've seen Pearl, and they described the dress and the shoes to a T. Uh. Um, there are certain hot spots in the club, including the spotlight room and the catwalk that's over the stage. The well, the basement, obviously. The old china room and the mechanical bull area, which sounds like 
I would be that fucking ghost. I would be hanging <laughs> out. <laughs> You'd be riding the mechanical yeah. ball. Oh, yeah. Um, the club manager claims that on occasion, on several occasions, she would go through the club and make sure everything was turned off and closed down for the night. But then later when she'd come into the room again, the bar lights were on, the front doors were unlocked, and the jukebox would be playing this song called The Anniversary Waltz. Even though the jukebox was unplugged and did not contain that song. No! Yeah. What the fuck? Uh, I don't know what's so special about that song, what, what but I guess it, it should have been someone's, maybe it was someone's, like, <gasps> secret song. Or, like, the their relationship. Maybe it was Joanna's relationship. Oh, yeah. Like, their, maybe their they, song. Well, she was a dancer, too. Maybe they danced to that oh, song. What's it called? The, the Anniversary Waltz. Also, their... They have seen The Entity of Pearl, which is an apparition of a headless woman in an oh. early 1900s dress. Ew! The Entity of Buck Brady, who sold the primrose to the mobsters. I'd rather see Buck. The Entity of a little boy who, there's like no history about him except for the fact that in a, like a document they found, they like wrote down like all the people that the mobsters had killed at some point, and he was like always running around the house, like running around the building when it was a casino. And annoyed the mobsters, so they threw him down the stairs. It's <laughs> not funny. I know, it's like nervous laughter. They killed a the little boy? They just like, were like, fuck you, and just kicked him down the stairs. Um, the entity of a little girl who lives in the basement and throw rocks at people. Oh, that would be me as a ghost. You would throw rocks at people? Well, just for fun. <laughs> if someone killed me, yeah. That's true. The entity of Joanna, uh, so, like, the smell of roses follows her. She also picks on pregnant women, and by <gasps> picks, I think the word taunt is probably more appropriate because oh, she is no. also correlated with a lot of pregnant women going into that casino feeling like they got punched in the stomach and then having miscarriages. Wait, are you serious? I guess if she couldn't have her kid, no one can. That is so fucked up. If you're pregnant and you go to Bobby Mackey's, look out. Don't do that. There's also been uh, reports of the entity of Scott Jackson's roommate, the one who helped perform the abortion slash decapitation. Ooh, it gives me chills. A psychic has been there. Several psychics have I'm been there. Sure. But uh, one psychic has seen Scott Jackson yelling at a headless Pearl, screaming that everything's her fault. And Pearl, she, she also saw on that same night, Pearl holding her head, screaming, my head, my head, stop. Which means, like, if that's accurate, that's what she was fucking saying when they were literally cutting her head off while she was awake. Um, I <laughs> don't like that. My head, my head. That um, would be, like, like how, that's literally a sentence I imagine I would never have to say. If it came out of my body, I would feel, I mean, I'd probably be feeling a bunch of things, but I would, I would just, I don't know. Let's remember that my brother's at Coachella, my boyfriend's at work till four in the morning. So you're just not only triangulating where you live, but letting everyone know you're alone. <gasps> <laughs> okay, but by the time this comes out, I have an alarm system, and my boyfriend will be here. With great, and I have a Geo's a gigantic. He's not German Shepherd Rottweiler mix. Stay away. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Water faucets and light switches turn on and off by themselves. People report being poked, touched, slapped, scratched, and having their hair pulled. Uh, in response to that, their bodies have also shown phantom handprints and scratches on them. And everywhere you go, you feel like you're being stared at. Uh, furniture and objects move. There's banging on the walls. There's screaming. There's evil laughing. There are shadow people, mists, and balls of light. Uh, a lot of people who've gone in for investigations have caught some really cool EVPs. Um, I saw the episode of this in 
on Ghost Adventures. And this isn't something... I probably should have researched this because I might be talking about a different episode. So, whoops. I'll just... I'll look it up. But they they use this thing called the spirit box where essentially it's a lot of radio frequencies. The machine's going through all these frequencies really fast. So it can pick up on, right. on voices that we can't hear in this world. Like it goes beyond the wavelengths that we're able to hear. And right. so it translates words out of the spirit box. There's like a built in dictionary. And so if someone's talking and you go through these frequencies really quickly, then in theory, we can hear what they're saying, and the dictionary will be able to translate it. So this, like, Microsoft Sam voice comes out and tells you. Oh! Oh, yeah. I had that on my phone one time, and it scared me so bad I had to delete it. Oh, I, we, well, we used it when I used to do investigations. It's that, it creepy because it'll say, like, because it, it'll, like, say those words in the Microsoft Sam voice, and it'll be like. <laughs> yeah, it'll be like, dead. It'll be like, <laughs> or it's like, porridge, porridge, porridge. And I'm like, why? Those <laughs> are, like, really fucked up weird words. <laughs> so um, they were contacting a a bunch of mobsters or they thought they were. And they ended up having contact with this victim who was killed by mobsters. Oh. And they ended up saying like, how did you die? And it kept saying dig. Oh, and they were like, did you have to dig? Like, what were you digging? Oh no. And they, and he said, the spirit box said grave. No, 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 no. And they're like, did you have to like, did you have to dig a grave? Like whose grave were you digging? And the word, the spirit box came out and said mine. <gasps> and so, um, and then they ended up saying, like, uh, at two different times, one word came out and it said gun, and the other one said point. And they were like, were you held at gunpoint to dig your own grave? And so, like, and then they went back later and found out that someone actually, like, they dragged them out to the desert, which was another part that I forgot to mention. They said something about, like, walking, 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 desert. So, like, these mobsters dragged him out, made him dig his own grave, and then killed him and put him in the grave. That was, like, a really... What the fuck? It, like, was just, like, an interesting... I think that was Bobby Mackey's, but it also might have not. But... What desert? Because we're, like, many states away from any desert. That's my only question. It might have been just, like, a field or some, like, oh, okay. patch of, like, so I'm like unknown dirt. It was also in the 40s or 50s, so, like... Maybe yeah. it wasn't this episode, but I heard mobsters and I heard ghost adventures and that, like, yeah, showed up I, in my head. I just Googled the place and they've been there, so... Uh, this one was kind of cool. Uh, there was a loud band that annoyed the ghosts, and so <laughs> a lot of things started getting thrown at the crowd from the ceiling. Like, there was, like... What? Like, no one was up there, but things were getting thrown at the crowd. And at the same time, a bunch of people started, like, getting weird alerts on their phones saying that they had voicemails from, like, a name that, like, it, there was no name. It was just, like, blank. Like, not even a unknown. It was just Ew. blank. And a bunch of people got these voicemails, and there were the, these disembodied female voices... Uh-uh saying make the band leave it's like super fucked up and so they ended up sending those voicemails into different like Wait, investigation groups. are you kidding me no that's so fucked up also so technologically savvy when i was on when i did one of my investigations i had to teach a ghost what a phone was so the fact that like these guys got it is pretty cool they've also had um in men's restrooms there has been a, a sense of suffocating heat where like you can't breathe enough to get out of there there's also been a flying trash can, like literally trash is being thrown at people. Oh. <laughs> um, there's a man with a handlebar mustache that will show up when you're alone in the stalls and scream, die, die. Oh, oh my God. That's terrifying. Um, people have also sensed being followed home by ghosts. One person even got pushed in the bathroom and tried to file a police report claiming he got his ass kicked by a ghost that looked like a cowboy in the men's bathroom. 
And everyone was like, we don't know how to press charges on a fucking ghost. That's but not thanks. a thing. <laughs> but I, so many people were getting attacked by this cowboy ghost that now it's on their, like, signs that say... They actually have a sign that says, we are not, like... Liable. At, yeah, we're not, like, at liability for whatever happens to you. And on the poster, the picture of, like, a cowboy ghost. Um, why does anyone go here? I don't know. I would... For, it's, it's a really popular bar. I'm for sure going there this summer. <laughs> so... Uh, Bob Mackey's wife, Janet, uh, said that she has seen ghosts and felt overwhelming presences and smelled Joanna's, uh, like, rose aroma. And she also had a super scary encounter in the basement where she was suddenly overcome by the scent of roses and then felt something, like, swirl around her. Like, all of a sudden, she got super disoriented. And um, something grabbed her by the waist, picked her up, and threw her back down the stairs. Like, she felt scared, so she tried to go up, and someone grabbed her. Like, Mm-mm. that one fear we all fucking have as children when you turn off the lights and have to go upstairs. Run up the stairs? Literally, that shit actually happened to her. Someone grabbed her by the waist, picked her up, threw her back down the stairs, and when she tried to get away from it, she finally got to the top of the stairs, and there was this pressure behind her that was, like, pulling her down the stairs so she couldn't get up. And when she looked back, she couldn't see anything because it was pitch black, but she heard a voice screaming in her ear, get the fuck out, get out, get out, get out. But, like, menacingly, not... Why like, was someone saying, like, get, get, like, get out. I don't know, like... Because wh- if it's pulling you back in and then it's, like, get out. I guess out. just to fuck with you. Honestly, I would divorce Bobby so fast. <laughs> well, am- get this, after that, and she, fun fact, was also five months pregnant. Get the fuck out of here. And ever since then, she does not go anywhere without, like, someone else being there. About 40 different spirits have been identified in total so far um, by visitors, staff, and psychics, any investigators. Like, all combined, there's been about 40 different people that people have contacted. Um, On Ghost Adventures alone, there were three different accounts that were worth mentioning where when they were sitting in the basement next to the well, a bunch of people started getting, like, disgustingly sick and lightheaded and if like the longer they stayed there the worse they got so everyone eventually had to go because they were like like violently ill oh my god um the second thing is that they asked the spirit joanna if she enjoyed the live music since it's a bar and she was a dancer and all that so they assumed let's talk about music and this is like the clearest EVP that Bobby Mackey's has ever gotten. And I guess they have it on their website now, or they have it somewhere in the bar for people to hear on their own. But like clear as day, you can hear a girl in like an old timey Southern accent say, I love it when the band plays. What? But you can hear it like crystal clear. Oh, I just got goosebumps. Uh, the last thing that happened to them is they were doing an EVP session, trying to contact Scott Jackson, the guy Mm -hmm. that did the abortion. Um, don't talk to him. And so, well, they did it right by the well where he would have done something with either the fetus or <gasps> Pearl's head. God. And so they sprayed holy water on the well. And as they were doing that, one of the investigators got, like, super violently shoved into a wall. And when they asked him later, um, like, he got shoved into a wall and then held there and he couldn't get away. And they watched him, like, not be able to move. But he was also pressed up against the wall in a way where he couldn't have been faking it. Like, you could see, like, the, the shirt imprints, like, his shirt being ridden up like someone was holding it up. Nope. Um, and he said right before it happened, he felt like his shoulder was on fire, and then he got slammed into the wall before he could say anything. Fabulous. Um, and that's it. Fucking great. <laughs> but that's the Bobby Mackey's Music House. I forget the other half of it. Bobby Mackey. 
Bobby. Unique New York. Unique New York. Bobby Mackey's Music World. World, yes. Honky Tonk Nightclub. Cool. That's that. That is fucking crazy. That's why I drink. That's why I left Ohio. That's why <laughs> I'm going to have terrible dreams tonight. Perfect. All right. Now, so, before we get into this. Yes, ma'am. I'm going to warn everyone because you mm-hmm. apparently. I Listen, the last couple ones, you were very good about keeping it somehow lighthearted, even though it was murder. But I get here and all of a sudden, Christine today, I showed up at the house and she looked fucked up and i was like what happened and i guess these stories really got to her i just it's not it's the weird thing is it's not even one that is like as violent or traumatic as some of the other stories i've done but somehow it just got so into my head and i researched it right before em got here and i took geo for a walk and while i was walking i couldn't get it out of my head and it it really fucked me up. I don't know. I think it's I think it's because it's, well, I'm going to tell you, but the girls who are involved are our age, and when mm. this happened, they were literally our age, and so somet- somehow, like, I put myself in their shoes, and I was like, no, this That's... upsets me deeply. Well, it's I... sort of like the Elizabeth Smart, where it, like, right. really gets into my head. Um, I'm going to well, shut this door, because I just can't, I keep looking back, because I'm a psychopath, and I'm convinced okay. that everywhere there's an open door, someone's going to kill me. Perfect. I'm really insane. So let's all buckle up for this ride together that Christine's going to put us on, all the way to hell. Oh, God. Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to tell you about the deaths of Chris Kremers and... Lisanne Froon? Lisanne? Lisanne Froon? I don't know either of them. So you, you don't can, know them? You can call them whatever you want. They're Dutch, so I don't entirely know how to pronounce their, pronounce their names, but Chris Kremers and Lisanne, Lisanne Froon. Okay. Alrighty. So Lisanne Froon was 22. Uh, she was described as aspiring, optimistic, intelligent. She was a volleyball player. Uh, Chris, K-R-I-S, Uh, She was described as open, creative, responsible, and she was 21 at the time. Mm -hmm. They were good friends. They grew up in Amersfoort in the Netherlands. And um, Lisanne had just graduated uh, in applied sciences. And Chris had just completed her studies in cultural social education. Um, And so they decided they were going to take a trip to Panama to celebrate their graduation. Mm -hmm. And they saved up money for six months um, for their trip to Panama together. They wanted to go and learn Spanish and also do um, something of significance for the locals. So uh, volunteering with children and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was like a fun trip, but they also wanted to, um, you know, make it sort of a volunteer trip. So they arrived in Panama for their six-week vacation on March 15, 2014. So they were, what, 22 in 2014. Aw, so was I. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they toured Panama for two weeks before arriving in Boquete on March 29th uh, to begin volunteer work with children for a month. They were living with a host family, and on April 1st, they went on a hike around 11 a.m. in the forests that surround the Baru Volcano. Um... They were accompanied by the host family's dog, Blue. Mm. So they wrote on Facebook that they intended to round, walk around Boquete uh, 
they also had brunch with two young men before they went on the trail, and then they took off with the dog. Um, so the their host family became alarmed when their dog Blue returned home that night without alone. Oh shit! Alone without the girls, like Lassie. Yeah. Uh, Lisanne's parents stopped receiving messages from her uh, via WhatsApp, which is how she was contacting her family. Um, so they got a little worried. On April 2nd, which was the next day, uh, the two girls had arranged an appointment to meet with their tour guide at 8 a.m. to guide them on the trails, but they didn't show up. Uh, so he and a young woman named Eileen from Germany went to the police station and said, um, you know, we don't know where they are. Their host family doesn't know where they are. Um, and the next day, uh, the it was April 3rd, and the Sistema Nacional de Protección Civil... <laughs> All right. <laughs> Cinoproc. Very well done. Cinoproc is the... Um, Cinoproc. Abbreviation. Began uh, aerial searches over the forest around 8 a.m. So local tribes and farmers um, in the area had also started see- like looking for them. So they had people on the ground. They had aerial searches going. On April 6th, um, the parents of the two girls flew into Panama uh, with special forces and dog units... Uh, detectives from the Netherlands, they were going to do a full-scale search of the forest for 10 days. They they did their full 10-day search, but despite their efforts, they did not find the girls. Um, the parents were offering a $30,000 reward for anyone who could help find them, but no luck. Um, about 10 weeks later, so it was like two and a half months later, um, a Nagobi woman who's like a local native... Uh, mm-hmm. turned in a backpack to the authorities. Um, she said she found it near her rice paddy while she was um, working. Uh, it was near her village on a riverbank. Uh, they determined that it was Lisanne's blue backpack. Uh, they opened up the backpack and found two pairs of cheap sunglasses, $83 in cash, uh, Lisanne's passport, and a water bottle. Uh, they also found her Canon PowerShot camera, mm-hmm. two of her bras, uh, Lisanne's Samsung Galaxy and Chris's iPhone 4. Everything was well packaged, um, dry, left in good condition. So on the phone, they realized that the young women, they went through their logs and realized that the young women had uh, tried to get in contact with police both in Panama and the Netherlands mm-hmm. um, during the time that they were missing, which confirmed that something had happened, obviously. Uh, they discovered logs of repeated attempts to call emergency services on both of their phones. The first distress call had been made just hours after beginning their hike uh, on Chris's iPhone at 4.39 p.m. Then shortly after, they tried on Sam- uh, Lisanne's Samsung Galaxy at 4.51. None of the calls had gone through because of poor reception. Um, one 911 call attempt on April 3rd lasted over like about a second before uh, it broke up because of lack of service. But you none- would think like forest is like the place to have reception because, but there's no cell towers. Put one there. I mean, they should put one there, but I feel like, like the places where you're most likely to get lost and have no one there, your phone should at least be able to work. But there's so few people there, you know, it's just, yeah. some, it's just something for them to consider, I guess, at Verizon or wherever you are. This is our call to the <laughs> cell service. The- this is our PSA to all phone <laughs> towers. Um, yeah. Okay. 
Uh, the first calls were made on April 1st, which is the day their hike began. Several more were made on the 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and 5th of April. And so then, they were alive for multiple days? Mm-hmm. And then the Galaxy's battery died on the 5th of April. That's a long fucking battery. Well, if you turn it off. They, oh. they kept powering them on and off. Oh. To preserve battery. I was um, going to say, wow, Samsung. Maybe doing I'll it. buy a Samsung. Yeah, wow, this is actually a PSA for Samsung. <laughs> Please sponsor us. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> oh. Um, Chris's iPhone wouldn't make any more calls, but it was intermittently turned on to search for reception. Uh, after April 6th, multiple false attempts to enter a PIN were entered into the iPhone. Oh, so at that point, it suggested that someone else had their phone? One report showed that between the 7th and 10th of April, there were 77 emergency call attempts from the iPhone. So the thought is that something happened to Chris and right. Lisanne got her phone and didn't know the... Oh, password. okay. But um, the iPhone was last turned on. But also, on. how good of friends are you really if you don't know each other's passcode? Fair point. I don't know, you know? yours, though. If we I went, don't have one. If we went on a hike. I don't have one. I do. What's yours? Say it on the air. No. <laughs> what is it, I'm though? always saying my private information on the air. Wait, just put the elevator music on. <laughs> All right, we're back. <laughs> I just have this, like, propensity to tell everyone everything about me. Yeah. I don't know why. Anyway. <laughs> okay. I Whatever guess, it takes for them to love me. I guess it's because if we ever go on a hike... We can... will never... Guys, if I ever go on a hike, that's when you immediately call the services. Because I'm not doing that on my own free will. If you see some sort of Snapchat of M and me in a mountain area, please call 911. If you see me outdoors, call the police. Immediately. And you guys know where to find me because Christine has definitely described where she lives well enough. Right. Just use all my triangulated locations. Just be like somewhere near House of Pies. Start there. (laughs) She's probably getting a coffee and going to House of Pies. (laughs) Uh, okay. So the iPhone was last turned on on April 11th, which, remember, they went missing on the 1st. Okay. Uh, on April 11th at 10.51, turned off after an hour for the last time. Um, next, they went through Lisanne's camera. Oh, goodness. The photo started on April 1st and showed the young women taking a trail at the overlook of the Continental Divide. Um, the picture you will never see of me and Christine, by the way. <laughs> it's Em and me at the Continental Divide <laughs> in our hiking shoes. That's literally code for SOS, send the chopper. Oh, absolutely. We should have like a code word where if it's like, want to go hiking, that you have Purely to... Purely because I was, I just moved to California. I hiked the Hollywood sign just because like you have to at least once. I did not. Don't. I, I did won't. it for both of us and I will never do it again. That was hell. I won't do it. So if you even see me by the Hollywood sign, just get, just call someone. And our new, our new distress signal. If I call you and I say, want to go for a hike? Got it. Call 911. Same. Same. All right. Great. Um, (laughs) If I call you and say, I don't love Geo, call, call anyone. Oh, I will probably just have a heart attack on the spot. (laughs) Um, Okay. So they went through her camera. Um, It's really fucked because all the photos are on the internet. Um, and there's all these really sweet photos of the two girls. They're like young, 22. They're taking like photos of each other, standing on this like cliff, and they're adorable. And they took one selfie together, and they're on this hike. Right. Okay. Um, and then 
those photos taken on the first, there was nothing unusual. It was just, you know, them taking, she had a Canon, it was like a nice camera. And so Mm -hmm. she was taking photos of their hike. Uh, But the camera was not used again for another week. So on April 8th, uh, more photos were taken. It was used to take 90 flash photos between 1 a.m. and 4 a.m. Oh, no. What was on them? At a rate of a photo every two minutes. Most of the 90 photos were taken deep in the jungle and in almost complete darkness. A few photos show that they were possibly near a river or or a ravine of some sort. Um, some photos show a twig with plastic bags and candy wrappers on top of a rock. Another Dude, that's shows, like a that's like Blair Witch shit. It is. It's it's very Blair. I mean, they have the photos online. It's very Blair Witchy. Like it's creepy. Um, another photo shows what looks like toilet paper and a mirror on another rock. Um, another shows the back of Chris's head with what looks like blood on on her temple. Ugh, this is for sure just like the sequel to Blair Witch. No one has been able to decipher what the photos mean. Um, the discovery of the backpack uh, set off like a whole new wave of searches, obviously, because they found all these photos and call logs and they were like, shit, something really happened. So they went on another search. Um, two Nagobi women uh, from the area discovered the jean shorts uh, that Chris had been wearing. Mm-hmm. Um, they found them zipped and neatly folded on a rock. Ugh. Um, it's so much creepier than it being, like, in a pile. Just thrown into the river? Exactly. Because at least you can, like, guess what's going on there. Exactly. It's more mysterious that things Zippered look okay. and folded. Mm-hmm. Um, so they found that a few kilometers away from where the backpack was discovered. Uh, two months later, even closer to where the backpack was discovered, they found a boot with a foot inside of it. Shut the fuck up. And a pelvis bone. Uh, oh my god, was it theirs? Behind a tree. <clears throat> was it theirs? In a short time span, about 33 bones were discovered. Oh, why weren't you answering? Long distances apart from each other from the same riverbank. DNA testing in the Netherlands confirmed that they were the bones of Lisanne and Chris. Oh. Of the 33 bones discovered, 28 were those of Lisanne's left foot. 28 of them were of her foot? Mm-hmm. Wait, and this was both of them? This was, like, both of their bones were somehow found? Or was yeah, it, it was uh, Chris's pelvis, I believe, well, and Lisanne's so foot. She's better? She gets a whole fucking 30 bones? It's fucked up. Is that better or worse? I feel like that's probably well, worse. Well, where's the rest of the other one? I mean, it That was, means there's more of her bones that are missing. Well, that's it was just in a river bank, so it was all in the water. Oh. They found it Well, does that mean bank. then that probably... Who is the one that only had one bone? Or the pelvic bone? Um... Chris? Was there a chance that means she went first because less of her shit was able to be found? Maybe. Like, it like got washed away, but you could find more of the other one? But it was only from one part of her body. It was literally just from the foot, so. What the fuck is this? Alright, it gets worse. Okay. It doesn't get worse, but this is what fucked me up. Um, so the boot that they found was a product from a Dutch company that still had the foot and ankle. Uh, um, like skin and all? Like just a full foot? In the sock within the boot. Aww. The pelvis With bone. With the sock? Mm-hmm. The pelvis bone belonged to Chris. Oh, that's some saw shit. It has also been noted that while uh, Lisanne's bones... I keep changing the way I pronounce her name. Because she's Dutch. I don't think it's Lisanne. But, but it's not like she's going to contact you and tell you what her oh, name is. Oh, and... I didn't mean to bring it there. Uh, Lisanne's bones still had some skin attached to them. I know you were asking, so I wanted to tell you. Oh, my God. Yeah. What, how... How much? Chris's bones appear to have been bleached. Ah, uh, what? Uh, okay. Bleached bones, they're already white. 
so that's where like the basic information goes. So then I started to read like more investigative reports and um, they had some forensic uh, investigators weigh in on this. And it was really interesting to read about like what may have happened. Um, here's the thing. Tell me the thing. It's pretty much determined that they got lost uh-huh. and died of the elements, starvation, being What injured. fucking natural element has your foot with the sock still on it? Here we go. I'm glad you asked, Em. Earth, wind, or fire? <sighs> okay. So many of those who choose to believe that Chris and Lisanne were murdered point to the fact that they didn't be- leave behind any obvious goodbye messages to loved ones as people stranded in the wilderness often do, which is so sad that they already have a protocol for what people do when they're stranded in the wilderness and that die. That's fucked up. Yeah. Um, Maybe if we had some cellular towers up there, we wouldn't have to worry about this. Thank you, M. How old am I that I said cellular? Oh, I didn't even notice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Other observers, however, have countered this by saying uh, that clearly the women were conserved about, or conserved, concerned about uh, conserving their phone batteries, um, or they were victims of some sort of crisis that didn't leave time for them to leave, like, a message for their family. Um, a pattern of regularly timed daily signal checks made with the iPhone ceases on April 6th, leading to speculation that an accident or other incident that day left Chris's iPhone with Lisanne, but she didn't know the pin, so she couldn't open it, which is why there were so many attempts to open mm-hmm. the, the phone, um, which is sad because that means something happened to Chris and, you know, Lisanne was left with her phone. Um, it, however, new evidence does indicate that at least one of the women did try to leave a record behind. Yeah, with the pictures. It's true there are no written messages in the form of text or SMS, um, but the images left on her Canon, uh, camera could speak volumes, so, (sighs) it's so sad. Okay, the photos, people have, like, analyzed this, um, forensically and otherwise, and psychologically. Um, the photos say that the women have were behaving rationally and intelligently using whatever they had available to signal rescuers. So, for example, one of those um, photos I mentioned um, had a direction marker made of sticks and orange plastic that they had laid out on a big boulder. So it was like a direction marker. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also a picture where you could see that they had used a roll of tissue paper, or I'm sorry, uh, like bathroom tissue to spell something out like it could could have been an arrow or an SOS um, on a boulder and then in the same photo you can see a mirror in the middle which people think they were using to reflect sunlight to try and attract like aerial like helicopters or mm-hmm. anybody who could be looking from above um, if one of them uh, had been injured or deceased it was probably Chris because of that photo that they took of her mm-hmm. head being bloodied, um, and there was, like, blood matting in her hair. Uh, there was a wilderness expert um, who said that uh, a possible fatal injury to Chris might be the reason the strange night pictures had been taken in the first place, um, because... Oh, this is so sad. Uh, because he thinks there was heavy rain that night, or on those days, um, and he thinks that it's possible that the heavy rain was threatening to sweep um, Chris's body away. Mm-hmm. And so she had taken photos of exactly where everything was. 
and there are photos where you can look down a hill and if you like enhance the image there's something down there and it looks like it could be a body so um, wait, her friend was just like taking pictures off and right instead of trying to like save her friend no, her friend had died. Oh, it was they already think dead. If she had okay. died, that she I was... thought it was just like, bye, Christine. <laughs> no. Catch you later. No, it was like, hold on, like, smile here. Right, right. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> Let me get a landscape shot. <laughs> they were saying um, that if she had died, they think she was trying to take images right, of right, right. where it happened right. so that if she had made it back to camp, that she could find her right. way back to the body. Or if she passed away, also, that anyone who found her camera would be able to find the body based on the photos which is so sad um i like to think i would be that savvy savvy after nine days of not eating i'd be a, a fucking nightmare though i'd be dead <laughs> i would a thousand percent I'd be, dead. be dead i would so be dead this is why we don't go hiking this is exactly why we don't because a snake would have bitten my ass five minutes in and i'd be like this is how i go i would have literally I'd broken be like christine drag my 200 pound body to a hospital because a snake fucking bit me three seconds out being outside. And then I would have just cried and not done anything productive. <laughs> like You would have just stood there and be like, I'm sorry, this is just where we are now. I would have Snapchatted a landscape shot <laughs> and said, this is all I can do for you. Okay, so do these okay. like analytical people have an explanation for the fucking foot in the shoe? So the photos look to be made to mark the place where she left her friend Um in case she had to find her way back or in case someone else found the camera. Um, Lisanne's foot showed fractures that would have been caused by a fall from a high place. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the foot thing... Like, was her foot just fucking fractured so badly it fell off? No, it's just they found random pieces of her body. Not all of them were her foot. There were pieces of her foot. This is... I, like, hear everything you're saying. It's just body parts. They found body parts. But where did this come from? Did a bear bite it off? They were in the... Was there, like, a witch, like a bruja? They were in the river. I I refuse to believe feet just fall off after a little bit in water. So, I mean, to be fair, it was... Many of their bones were scattered through the riverbank, including the boot with part of her foot in it. I know, but something... Your body doesn't deteriorate that fast, does it? But... The reason, okay. Because shit was bleached or something, right? But the reason, okay, so the the woman who actually created Bones, who's a forensic um, anthropologist, I don't want to say the wrong title, but she's a forensic professional. Mm-hmm. So she did some research on the case and said that in Panama, in that area, um, the extreme humidity, the extreme rain, like they, I mean, it's in the jungle. Like it's, they were literally hiking in the jungle and the, their bodies were in a river for months and like on... And she so. said uh, the way that Chris's body, if it had been thrown on that riverbed or whatever, um, the sun would have been strong enough to completely bleach her bones. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, I've Lisanne, never been in heat that bad. That's, like, so impossible for me to believe. But, I mean, there's places like but, that. But, I mean, if your bones, like, for example... I've also never been in a jungle. But if you lay, like, something out for months on end in the sun, like, right, something's going to happen. I mean, it's months that they found until they found their bodies. Yuck. And then the other body was in the river and in intense humidity. And she said that the bodies decompose extremely quickly because of the humidity, the bacteria. Um, she said that the, like, in the jungle, there's a whole new, um, you know, array of creatures like right. bacteria and animals right. fish mammals everything and so everything that would have like 
come in on their bodies would have just demolished their whole skeleton. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and it was months that they were in there. So, okay. They found a boot and it had some of the bones in it. And of course the sock was still in it. Cause it's like, they found the leftover boot and there was a piece of a sock in it. You know, it's not like that weird. This just sounds like X-rated blues clues of just like, what the fuck is going on with like, like no one's giving me a direct answer about this foot. And it's making me so mad. But if you think about it, you find pieces of body parts and it's like rubber on a shoe won't disintegrate as quickly as your skin will. I know, but I see the thing is I've just watched so many horrible, gory movies that unless your foot is sawed off, I've never heard of another way that a foot just falls off of a body or just has... If your pelvis falls off, like your foot can fall off. I, I know you're right. I'm just like, it's like something I've never had to think about. Remember last week when we talked about... Carl Tunsler and you were like her head would have fallen off in a minute see (laughs) don't use my words against me I'm just saying okay anyway so they they did an autopsy and they found out that Lysanne's foot had fractures that would could, could only have been caused by a fall from a high place so the main theory is that um there are a lot of they call them monkey bridges. Mm-hmm. They're the bridges that um, natives use to cross, like indigenous people use to cross, um, like big uh, ravines yeah, or riverbanks. Yeah. Um, and they're the I mean, thing that Shrek and Donkey had to do. Yeah, exactly. They're like the rope, and you climb across, yeah. and they're extremely difficult to navigate. And especially if you haven't had food in ten days, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, right. you're going to struggle. The theory is that um, she fell off like broke her foot, knew she wasn't going to be able to get out by herself, tried again desperately for an hour to call 911, wasn't able to, found her way into one of these, like there were these abandoned native huts, um, passed away, and like the remains of her body were swept away by the rain and ended up in the riverbank. And her friend, the theory is that her friend Chris had already passed away. Mm -hmm. And the reason the jean shorts uh, were placed, so a lot of people say, well, why would they have been folded? And left on a boulder. Um, okay, so while who's like a an expert on this whole um, like survivalist, mm-hmm. he studies like survivalism in um, these kind of situations. Uh, his idea is that the shorts might have been placed at that juncture as a marking. So oh. her friend had passed away or whatever, and she used them as like a marking to be like I've been here and try to find her way out. This girl had to be like raised by. Like bare grills to just seriously just be like oh yeah like if you died my first thought wouldn't be take your pants off yeah you know or take your clothes out of your backpack and use them as markers like I mean I would be dead but I'm just saying like I would not be that smart either definitely I would just been like see ya that's yeah he said that he's encountered that before in similar like lost hiker scenarios where people where people will use um, clothing to mark because if they had been wondering could she have used the foot as a marker I don't think so because how would she have gotten anywhere. That's true. But I think... um, I'm just desperate for more answers. I think uh, (laughs) the... So, like, for example... Well, they'd been walking around for 10 days. Mm -hmm. So they couldn't find their way out. So, like, his thought is, oh, they used certain pieces as markers. And another theory is that she took a bunch of photos of where they were Mm -hmm. to be like, we've been here. Right. Right. No, I get it. I get it. To, like, map out where they've walked and where they've been. Um, so, yeah, if she had, if she had injured her foot and then gotten down that trail, um, 
the iPhone turning on could have been her final effort to get, you know, some kind of assistance out to her, uh, knowing she wouldn't be able to get out on her own. And then um, that's it. They just found their remains, and uh, they never made it out. But the fact that they were in there for, like, 10, 11 days trying like trying so hard and that's literally a week and a half leaving markers like day three i'd be like i'm done no food you know i mean i wonder what she ate to stay know. out i don't know they i mean just awful it's just awful it like really upsets me because they're like they were 20 something they were there to like volunteer to help children and then they go on they it was supposed to be a three-hour hike and they ended up both dying of the elements i mean and the one girl, the one who survived longer, theoretically, um, uh, was an athlete. And mm-hmm. so they think, like, maybe she was able to, like, climb that bridge better or mm-hmm. stay, you know, more. Yeah, my ass would have seen the bridge and I'd be like, anything else. Like, I'll, I'll find another way. And we would have sat down and been like, well, this is it. We would look at the bridge and be like, that's cute, God. <laughs> Try again. <laughs> LOL. We would have eaten all the mushrooms hoping they were poisonous. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's very, 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 very sad. Like in a really grim way, the cops had to be really relieved that it, it had to have been the easiest search ever for them when they found the first clue. They were like, oh, we'll just follow the clues. The backpack? Yeah. You're right. It was very much like They a, had to be like, oh, well, this isn't hard. Like all they had to do was find the first step. But they did. They spent 10 days searching the forest before they even found they the backpack. Because ten days earlier. Well, the other thing is that the jungle, it's, like, massive. And Mm -hmm. if you go even past, like, a little bit off the trail, you end up in this. And the other theory they had was that they were trying to follow downriver, which, Mm -hmm. like, you learn in survival techniques, like, to follow downstream. Right. But they said that in this case, if you follow downstream, you end up just going deeper and deeper into, like, jungle. Oh, that's super fucked up so one of their thoughts was that they tried to follow the stream because they were fucking smart intelligent women and got too far down and tried to get back up and tried to climb across those bridges and fell it's just really sad you would think in 2017 every phone would have like an emergency button that like whether or not we're supposed to know it's there like the cia you know the cia has it they could have found them if they were important enough there should yeah. be, like a, like, a giant red button that, like, you can only press if it's, like, a dire fucking emergency, and they can find you anywhere in the world. I mean, they're also from Holland and in Panama, so I don't think the CIA is involved at all, but, like... Okay. Maybe whatever the Netherlands equivalent of the CIA. I'm just saying, we're in America, and if we got stuck in a jungle, I would still be fucked. Yeah. So, that's a good feeling to know. And if we got stuck in the Santa Monica Mountains, we'd be fucked. <laughs> what do you mean the jungle? I literally got lost in the Hollywood Hills in my car. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Anyway. There should be, like, a jungle GPS where it's, like, turn right at this big fucking tree. And then, like, if it were, like, ways with the little cop symbol, uh-huh. I'd be like, there's a lion 50 feet ahead of you. Oh, that'd Look be out. great. I and just... then you could, like, be like, no, it's not there anymore. This story really fucked me up. I don't know why. It's just, like, thinking of these girls being lost. And I think what fucks me up about it is that they spent ten days, like, fighting so hard to survive. The the one that survived the longest, her parents must have been really fucking proud when they broke down and analyzed everything she did. They must have been like, 
At least she fought her way to the death, like a blaze of glory. But at the same time, there's been a lot of criticism that the original searches they did were not thorough and were not, and they would have found her if they had done more. So she was alive while they were searching for days and days and days. They searched for 10 days and she was alive that whole time and they weren't able to find her. And a lot of people criticized like law enforcement and that kind of thing for like not doing a thorough search and Mm -hmm. not follow, you know, not following the leads closely enough. So it's also kind of like, fucked up that she was alive that whole time and they could have found her it's not like they fell off a cliff and oh eventually they'd find her body it was like the whole 10 days they were searching she was alive but like oh and then after she passed away um they ended up finding all the evidence the day after so it was like they were a day late that's i mean that's fucked up it's also like in um the elizabeth smart case because my friend ellen who listens to us or at least her fiance does um, she's, she's one of my best friends, but she's also like a huge scaredy cat. Oh. So I know that her, I know that her fiance listens. So hi, hi to both of them. Um, she wrote me a while ago and said, I don't know if Christine has heard this, but when Elizabeth Smart was first kidnapped and they were doing a search party for her, she could hear her uncle's voice calling her name and she was too scared to call back. Yes. Yes. I forgot about that fact, but I remember hearing that in the fifth grade and it fucked me up. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, kind of like that, except she didn't hear them calling, but right. they could have all been in the same jungle at the same but time. But, they were looking for her, and she had a mirror set up so the helicopters could see her, and they couldn't find her. I mean, her. Sh- that goes to show you that a civilian can be smarter than a whole team of trained people. Like, if she literally left all that stuff for them to find her, and they still couldn't. I mean, it's a massive jungle. It's so frustrating. It's like... It's like, who do you blame? I know. I you know. gotta blame someone. You can't. I know. Well, actually, the last line of the article I read said, there's really, like, as much as we try, there's no one to blame except the jungle. And I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> The jungle is its own beast. Anyway. So that's, that's that. Um, I know that that somehow, I think just reading them, and if you go through all the photos, Em, I went through all Yeah, the, that's probably what fucked you up the most is I that you so. actually saw pictures of this. Because you go through all 90 photos. The first ones are adorable. It's the two of them hiking, and they're super cute. Like, super um, basic. <laughs> no, just, like, young girls from Europe who are trying to be volunteers in a foreign country. It's... Okay, let me see. No, don't show me. Now it's going to be real for me. So, oh, I already see it. I don't want to look. I don't want to look. I don't want to look. Oh, they're so cute. I know. They're adorable. And so then there's... Shit. I don't... I'm not looking anymore. But see, that's what I mean. Like... I don't want to have to feel. Like, look. They're Stop. so... Why are you showing me? Because I... Like, I get it. I get it. I get it. It's been gotten. It's so sad. Yeah, it's sad. I told you not to show me this shit. It just goes to show you, even no matter how smart you are. Look at this. When it's your time. In the woods. Like what the fuck? Anyway, what a great way to end this. Hey, shut up. Okay, if you want me to tell a really lame, not scary story. (laughs) Okay, here we are. Life is sad, and I'm gonna tell Geo's horoscope. (laughs) Geo. It's a Scorpio. Yeah. The only one I deal with. Yeah. M does not like Scorpios. I, I have such a, th- I have such a thing. I don't have a problem with Scorpios, but M does. <laughs> Except for Gio. Except for Gio. Well, true fact. When I first, I did not know he was a Scorpio and did I or didn't I call him? I called it out. I was like, wow, he's such a Scorpio. And you're like, yeah, actually he is a Scorpio. M goes, 
oh god he's such a Scorpio and I was like how do you know his birthday and she goes he's not actually a Scorpio is he and I was like yes (laughs) he was so acting like a Scorpio it was not weird for me to have guessed that okay ready yes Gio here's your Scorpio for today your Scorpio (laughs) your horror Scorpio god help me okay go weed the garden Scorpio (laughs) if you don't have a garden you don't Gio (laughs) start one please don't. It's important for you to get into the earth today, so roll up your sleeves and get your hands, paws, dirty. <laughs> Feeling a connection with the ground is an important step in manifesting your dreams. Aww. Buy some seeds, fertilizer, and a watering can. <laughs> you say it so... This is such a different way of telling a story than what you're, you, what you're usually doing. This is a great day to create a nurturing environment in which a seed can grow. Literally, if Gio could live in fucking mulch and dirt, that's all he would do. He eats mulch. We walk he past eats rocks. We we walk past this um this front yard where they like put mulch in their garden, and he just walks by and eats mouthfuls of mulch. Hear that? Grab life by the horns, Gio. Go weed a garden and put your paws in the dirt. Well, good. His metaphorical garden. Roll where up he your chases sleeves. his dreams. What are his dreams? For us um, to shut up. Probably, like... For mom to stop drinking. <laughs> probably. No, he likes when I drink because I just give him all the treats he wants. <laughs> probably for this podcast to stop. Probably <laughs> for dead squirrels. Aww. Pro- there's a lot of things he likes. He likes me. Sure. A, a room of a hundred of me. Right. Yeah. Yes. I know what he'll want. That I know. will probably be next week's horoscope. <laughs> Anyway, thanks guys for, you know, sticking with us, white knuckling that those stories with us struggle. Yeah. So much struggle. Yeah. But thank you guys. We appreciate it. And, um, if you want to check us out, we're on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, ATWWD podcast, email us at, and that's why we drink at gmail.com. Our website is, and that's why we drink.com. And please go look up Songfinch. Yes. They, I promise you, you won't regret this. It's fucking awesome. So good. So good. So fun. As so, soon as we stop recording, we're probably going to go listen to it again. Oh, to ten, be honest. Ten times. Yeah. It's brilliant. Anyway, uh, our, the promo code is why we drink. Tomorrow is our listeners episode. So lucky y'all get two episodes in one weekend. Unless Ooh, you hate us. Lucky then- me gets to edit them. <laughs> Thanks to M for all the fucking cool merch that's coming. Yes, it is coming. It's so cool. I can't even get over Every it. Every time I come to Christine's, I seem to be bringing her a different merch item. And I yell. Or a different merch idea. We recently came out with uh, some poster ideas. <gasps> oh, you're going to die. You're going to die. At least Christine will. I will. It doesn't matter what you we've, do. We've heard your requests. Gio will be involved in some of the merch items. If you would like to donate, please go to our Patreon. Um, and that's why we drink. And that will give you some of the merch. If you, the more you donate, the more fun you get. Whoop, whoop. Um, one last thing. Uh, you have until tomorrow to enter an iTunes review and send us a screenshot. And if you do that, you will be entered into a raffle to win some pretty cool prizes from us. Um, we're getting a little thing ready for the winner. So send us your review and we will uh, put you in the raffle into the drawing. But yeah, so we've got a lot of good stuff coming. Thank yes. you for supporting us. Thank you for 
spreading our name, we officially have like seven people in South Dakota listening to oh, us. Oh shit! Are you serious? Yeah, and I'm currently a little pissed at North Dakota because somehow South Dakota is now beating them. Oh snap! You turned so, it around. They got they got got some catching up to do. I know. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Um, we love you all, and we can't wait for uh, to share our next episode with you. And, and that's, that's why we, we drink. drink. Bye-bye. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com slash drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain.